Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. The final edition. John Marshall. One of the founding cast members of the final edition when we started eight years ago has died. Died of cancer. Who even does that now? Apparently, John had been battling a rare form of lung cancer for the last five years, even though he didn't smoke and barely drank. I don't think John is the first person involved with the final edition who died. Joe Rocha apparently wrote something for us at one point. But John is the first fatality among the core members of the various casts we've had over the years, and certainly the first among our original crew. I met John in 1997, 98, uh, at a stand-up comedy showcase in Greenwich Village at a bar called The Kettle of Fish. This showcase, by the way, was hosted by Randy Credico, a political comedian who ended up being subpoenaed by Robert Mueller during the investigation of Russian interference in the 2016 election, because Randy was mixed up with Julian Assange and Roger Stone. True story. As for John, he would be up there on stage with his dour delivery telling his neatly crafted jokes, and you could see that clearly this was a writer. Over the years, he ended up writing for The Chris Rock Show, Politically Incorrect, Tough Crowd with Colin Quinn, The Reboot of the Electric Company, and again, this is true, Bazooka Joe Comics. Anyway, John and I and Tony Hendra and Jeff Chrysler and Kevin Janis and Anne Tuchel and Darby Worley all eventually tumbled into the PRN studio together, upstairs from Duane Reed on the Upper West Side of Manhattan, in February 2012, where we launched the final edition Radio Hour. According to Jeff, John was his first or second hire, and there was a reason. John would crank out at least one sketch a week in which he would inevitably cast himself as Barack Obama for some reason. He wrote song parodies. He really had it in for Canada. John was a machine. He had a nickname for me, by the way. He used to call me Man, and he, it wasn't a compliment. In the early days of the show, I'd write my sketches very quickly and didn't necessarily proofread them properly, and more to the point, I frequently didn't name my characters. I'd just call them Man or Woman or Man 2 or whatever. But then we'd read through the script and realize one character named Man was actually supposed to be two different people, and I'd just accidentally named them both Man. I probably could have gotten away with it once, but after the second time, John started pointedly calling me Man with that mordant, buried smirk of his. Well, as our colleague Bruce Cherry said... John picked a terrible time to die. Everybody's already doing it. I mean, he had cancer. He could have waited another two years, made a bigger splash. But John always had his own ideas about timing. So, with suggestions from Jeff Chrysler, I've pulled together some sketches written by a true comedy journeyman. Our guy, John Marshall. Fuck you for dying, John. Hey, 
Americans, it's time for another edition of This Week in Canada. Tonight's panel of famous Canadians consists of Getty Lee, Neil Young, and Kiefer Sutherland's grandfather. Good day, eh? Good, Good day, day, eh? Our show covers everything Canada from A to Z. Now, this week, there's one word that's on everybody's lips. Getty Lee. A modern-day warrior, mean, mean stride. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean pride. What was that all about? I'm sorry, I'm rehearsing for Russia's 437th tour. Neil? There is a town in North Ontario. You're not even saying one word. Kiefer Sutherland's grandfather. I'm Tommy Douglas, eh? The premier of Saskatchewan from 1944 to 1961, leader of the first North American socialist government, and creator of the continent's first single-payer universal health care system, eh? And most important, the granddad of Jack Bauer. Any idea what word is on everyone's lips? Medicare? Nope. Medicaid? Nope. Uh, cunt? Well, that did cause controversy this week, eh? No, no, I was calling you one, eh? <laughs> Fair enough, eh? But the word, eh, we're looking for is Argo, eh? Argo, eh? Uh, no, Argo. Why would Argo cause controversy? It didn't. It won Best Picture at the Academy Awards, eh? Living on a lighted stage approaches the unreal. Hey. Are you rehearsing for your tour again? No, I was describing Ben Affleck's acceptance speech. Why did he pick the Academy Awards to tell Jennifer Garner how much he wants to work on their marriage? A maid. A man needs a maid. He kept thanking Canada because he was embarrassed that he downplayed Canada's actions in the movie, eh? And because he didn't give a part to my grandson, Donald Sutherland. Kiefer Sutherland. Under socialism, we're all Sutherlands. I don't know what that's all about, but that's all the time we have. And why is that all the time we have? Because that's all the United States will give us. Katie Lee, I know you're touring with Rush. Neil? I'm touring with this old man. Old man, look at my life. I'm a lot like you were. <laughs> That's right. We have a new act called Crosby, Stills, Nash, Young, and Kiefer Sutherland's grandfather, eh? For all of us here at This Week in Canada, stay polite and inoffensive. This is being brought to you by Tar Sands, the world's worst energy source. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Oh, Canada, we stand on guard. following is a paid political announcement. I'm President Obama, and I killed Osama bin Laden. I killed him, and I killed him dead. He's no longer alive, and the person who killed him is me. He's no longer breathing, and his vital signs are zero. If you asked him a question, he wouldn't answer. Not because he's standoffish, or because he doesn't know the answer, but because he's dead. Stone dead. Bone dead. Why is he dead? Because of me, and the reason why he's dead is myself. I personally gave the order to kill, and the fact that he was killed is because I gave the order to kill, which killed him dead. Other people pulled the trigger, but I killed him. I killed him because I killed him, and because I killed him, he's dead. When I say dead, I don't mean figuratively dead. I mean literally, actually, undeniably, and reliably dead. Dead, 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 dead. How dead? Dead, dead. Deader than a doorknob. Deader than a dead mouse. 
deader than a dead death. Dead. And that's the difference in vision between me and my opponent. I pictured Osama bin Laden dead, and he didn't. And he doesn't believe folks should be able to climb the ladder. Well, Osama bin Laden can't climb a ladder. Ask Osama bin Laden if he's better off now than he was four years ago. You can't, because he's dead. Not just dead in the water, although he is dead in the water, the ocean in fact, but more dead than anyone who's ever been dead. He is the deadest person of all time, and I deaded him. So, to reiterate three main points, dead, I killed him, and uh, I admit things could be better in the economy and so forth, but let's not forget, I killed somebody. The following was paid for by the Committee to Re-elect the Candidate Who Killed Osama Bin Laden. I'm Barack Obama, and I killed Osama Bin Laden. It's time for the final edition Radio Hour's Literary Colloquy. Tonight, our good friends Abbott and Costello discuss current linguistic trends. Hey, Abbott! Yeah, what do you want, Lou? You said you was going to teach me to talk better, remember? Right. You need to learn to communicate more effectively, pal. Then you can become a big success in life like me. Oh, boy, that's for me. You really think I can turn my life around? Believe me, this'll be a game changer. A game changer? That's right. You mean I gotta give up bowling? Don't be stupid. I'm not talking about bowling. But you said I had to change my game. Bowling's the only game I play. Unless you count strip poker, but that's... They are being too literal-minded, Lou. Look, forget bowling. Remember, at the end of the day, it is what it is. What is? It. It is what? What it is. But what is it? Ah, right, never mind. Let's practice a popular expression that's being used by all the brightest people. Okay, shoot. Let's say two guys are buddies. Now the first guy screws over his buddy. How do you express that in a vivid and interesting way? I got it. I would say the first guy screwed over his buddy vividly and interestingly. No, that's wrong. What you say is, the guy threw his buddy under the bus. What bus? Any bus. You never said nothing about no bus. You just said one guy screwed over the other guy. I know, but all the same, that's how you say it. Would it be okay to throw him under a truck? Because maybe the bus was behind schedule. No, it's gotta be a bus. How about push him in front of a train? No, it's a goddamn bus, and you throw him under it, not push him in front of it. But why? Because it is what it is. Oh, no. Not that again. All right, let's try another one. Let's say you know a really bad guy, a terrible guy who does awful stuff. I don't know, maybe he rapes somebody's great-grandfather, but you don't turn him in. I don't? No. Has he got photos of me with that crazy redhead? I'm telling you, she was 18 if she was a day. Nah, you don't turn him in because, now listen to this real close, you're in the tank for him. I'm in a tank with him? Not with him, for him. What kind of tank? How the hell should I know what kind of tank? You're the one brought it up? You're the one said I'm in the tank? Is it an army tank? Or one of those big water tanks on stilts? Or maybe a gas tank? Anyway, how'd I get into it? Oh, you're impossible. I'm telling you, if you don't pay attention better, you're gonna do an epic fail. A what? An epic fail. I can't fail epic, cause I never took it. I failed geometry, I failed history, and I failed gym. But epic, I don't even know what that is! Well, you're failing it anyway. But listen, I'll tell you what. If you need to say something smart, just say YOLO. Yo-yo? No, YOLO. What's YOLO? You only live once. All I gotta say is, you only live once, and people will think I'm smart? That's right. All the coolest people are saying it.
because they are what they are? I suppose so. And if I say YOLO, nobody will throw me under the bus? At the end of the day, no. In fact, people will be gobsmacked. Ah, that's gotta hurt. No doubt, but say it anyway. Okay, YOLO! YOLO! I think my game is changing, Abbott. Yep, you're finally getting it, Lou. Really? Now am I gonna finally be a big success? Not so much. We're taking a break. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We're back from break. The final edition presents a public service message from the National Denier Service. Here at the NDS, we've been getting a lot of calls asking if the Oklahoma tornadoes are the result of global warming. The best answer is that scientists disagree. Both real scientists and the ones paid for by right-wing front groups with bland patriotic names funded by the Koch brothers. We simply don't have enough information about tornadoes, weather, or bland patriotic front groups to make an informed decision. Most of what we know about tornadoes comes from The Wizard of Oz and Twister. One a classic, and the other not even available on Netflix. Trying to formulate national policy based on a mishmash of the Lollipop Guild and Helen Hunt is itself a natural disaster. As deniers, we know that denial itself is like a tornado, demolishing some truths while preserving others. David Koch is very much like a twister, except twisters don't make big donations to the institutions they subvert. So the next time a tornado hits, do what Dorothy did. Lie on your bed and wait for your black and white farmhouse to take you someplace better. With any luck, you'll make it to that Disney CGI Oz and get to hang out with the magical James Franco. The preceding announcement was paid for by Americans for Preceding Announcements, a bland patriotic front group funded by the Cokes. And now, a message from the Republican National Committee. I am black. I am gay. And I am Latino. We're the New Republicans. Hey, my black friend, you are African-American all the time. Tell the people why you are Republican, why don't you? Glad to, my same-sex friend. I am a smaller government guy who is also a black guy. And I am a part of a growing group of Spanish-type people. We're the New Republicans. As a Latino man, I'm not going to deport myself. I no longer wish to deport you, only to discriminate against you in more socially acceptable ways. As do I, my fellow minorities. I am gay, but I feel gay marriage should be between a man and a woman. We're the New Republicans! I think evolution might be true. I think facts might be true. 
Global warming is still not true. We're the New Republicans! As a black man, I no longer believe in not helping black people. I am gay. I am here. Get used to it. I speak Spanish. Now America has a real choice. It's like the choice between Oreos and Hydrox. Vegas and Atlantic City. Type 1 diabetes and type 2 diabetes. We're the New Republicans! We off? Oh, that was pretty good. I'm going to be the gay guy next time. The accidental burning of Korans at a NATO base in Afghanistan continues to enrage already enraged Muslims across the world. To prevent the accident from recurring, President Obama announced a bold new plan to develop a fireproof Koran. Special Ops Command personnel at Fort Bragg have begun testing of the new non-flammable edition. Tests are under heavy security in case enraged Muslims are further enraged by the possibility of even more burnt Korans. Sharia law calls for the beheading of any person who even slightly chars a Koran, for instance, by stubbing out a cigarette on the sacred book. Testing has so far been successful. According to a Navy SEAL who requested an initial because of the beheading thing. We fired everything we got at that little old Koran trying to burn it to a crisp. Flamethrowers, napalm, white phosphorus, medium-range incendiary devices. Hey, we even dropped that sucker into a vat of molten steel. Temperatures in excess of 2,000 degrees Celsius. <laughs> she came through like gangbusters. The Army's top consultant on EMI, enraged Muslim issues, Molala Mustafa Bamanabag. At great personal peril to life and limb, I have given preliminary approval to the fireproof Quran. 200,000 have been printed at a cost of several thousand dollars per Quran. They will be shipped to Kabul for distribution to enraged Muslims all over Afghanistan. An outraged Rick Santorum weighed in on the president's solution to the crisis. This is typical Obambi cowardice, caving to terrorists. Research has shown that the Koran is a pagan abomination and that Islam is a fake religion cooked up by Satan. The U.S. should be burning more Korans, not less. Every Koran our brave warriors and women can find. Burn that heathen garbage. As your president, I would use this new technology to fireproof our Bibles. We need to protect God's sacred word from enraged Muslim arsonists high on hashish. White House spokesman Jay Carney held a press briefing on implementation of the president's plan. J.R.W. Apple iPad, New York Times. What will the administration do if enraged Muslims reject the non-flammable Korans? Johnny, we've anticipated that. Research is underway on a new high-intensity incendiary system called Smart Fire. Smart Fire can sense the presence of a sacred text, so it would incinerate people, buildings, and livestock, but not Korans. Jay, Mario Baker, Eddie, Christian Science Monitor. Will Smart Fire also be able to recognize the Bible? Yes, but not the Book of Mormon. The following is a paid political announcement. Hi, I'm Republican candidate for President Mitt Romney. As you probably know, I began this campaign as a severe conservative. Then, as I got closer to the election, I abandoned my positions and became moderately moderate. Some have called this flip-flopping. I call this WFC. Who fucking cares? Who fucking cares what I believe? I don't. Why should you? 
In any case, some of you have noticed that my positions have gotten closer and closer to President Obama's. In fact, in the third debate, some of our positions were so similar that people had a hard time telling us apart. Well, I don't need horses and bayonets to tell you that I am nothing like Obama and don't want to be. You know, as a rich boy growing up in Michigan, I never really knew my father because he died when I was young. But when I met some of his relatives back in his home country of Kenya, I realized what my destiny was. True, although I was a Mormon, I did smoke pot in the back of a car in Hawaii with the Chum Gang, but I always knew, thanks to my magic underwear, that I'd be a Chicago community organizer. Then, in the great state of Massachusetts, where I would one day be proud to pass Obamacare, I was named the first African-American head of the Harvard Law Review. As a liberal senator from Bain Capital, I served with great leaders, and if elected, I promised to be the first black president who hasn't released his tax returns. Hope and change is more than what I did after my dog made a duty on top of my car, but it's my promise to you to not only never go back to the days of George W. Bush, but to make sure every woman in America has an abortion, whether she wants one or not. My wife Anne, I mean my wife Michelle, and I will see to it that we tax the rich, expand PBS, and for my inauguration, book all the Jacksons, including Tito and Germaine. I'm Mitt Rambama, and I approved this message. This fall, a new sitcom set in Milwaukee about two wacky people and the governor they own. Get ready for Charles and David. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Schlemiel, Schlemazel, Coke Industries Incorporated. Give us any fact, we'll fake it. Give us any law, we'll break it. We're gonna make our extremes come true. Doing it Coke way, not just climate change deniers. We're right-wing nut suppliers. We're gonna make our memes come true. Doing it Coke way, there's no one we won't buy. Walker, Christie, even Herman Cain this time. There's no Coke blocking us. We make our own truth. We've got the front groups. We come off like all shuckers. But we're two rich coke suckers We're gonna buy all your dreams, that's true And we'll do it coke way, yes coke way Turn government into a joke We'll do it coke way, yes coke way Make the whole country go broke For coke and coke This fall Charles and David, two kooky billionaires try to make it on their own in Wisconsin. It's a tea party of fun. Check listings. Local crimes may vary. Hey, Mr. N.R.A. Man. 
I'm not rational man There ain't no one I'm listening to So that was all written by John Marshall, as far as I can tell. It was performed by him, as well as Tony Hendra, Rob Gordon, Barry Lank, Jen Dodd, Darby Worley, Anne Tuchel, and Kevin Janis. It was probably all engineered by Greg Russ and produced by Tony Hendra and Jeff Chrysler. This episode overall was strung together by Barry Lank. The music behind me right now, by the way, is John Marshall's own band, a duo called Tyrannosaurus Rocks. On behalf of everyone, notably Jeff Chrysler and Tony Hendra, who wanted to include a good word from themselves, this show is dedicated to the memory of John S. Marshall, loved and respected by all, and even liked. Did I forget to mention he was nominated for an Emmy for The Chris Rock Show? And he wrote for Mad Magazine, and Jay Leno's Tonight Show, and Colin Quinn's Weekend Update on SNL? Goes on and on. If you watch or laugh at any of those things, or... If you just read a Bazooka Joe comic, John lives through you. Good night. Here's your funding. Hey, Mr. NRA man, write a law for me. I'm not rational then. There ain't no one I'm listening to. In your dripping deadly lobby, I'll come following you. I know when guns are outlawed, only outlaws will have guns. All your slogans are so fun, keeping reason on the run. Won't you write another one? And give Ted Nugent another witty zinger. The Mao Zedong fan club is in the White House. Guns don't lobby, lobbies do. That's why I say hooray for the NRA. Opposing you won't pay. I will cast my vote your way. Till it's cried from my cold, dead fingers. Hey, Mr. NRA man, write a law for me. I'm not rational and there ain't no one I'm listening to. Hey, Mr. NRA man, Write a law for me In your blood-soaked lobby I'll come following you Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. 
That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.